Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you today? I am recording this on the Sunday evening after Thanksgiving. So if you are listening to this in real time, you had Thanksgiving last week. I hope it was fabulous for you, at least in the States, United States. So for the rest of you, happy whatever you got going on. It's unusual for me to be in my podcast closet on a Sunday night, but I, uh, I, you know, things are always crazy around the holidays and things, schedules change. And so you have to kind of do what you have to do. So today, what I wanted to talk about was I wanted to, to direct this episode specifically for recent college grads about your resume. However, everything that I say is applicable to everyone's resume. So there's nothing that I'm saying about resumes in this episode that doesn't apply to all levels of experience. But I do want to target this specifically for recent college graduates. Now, interestingly enough, as a master resume writer, when I looked at what my topics have been on on the 100 plus episodes that I've done of this podcast, this is episode 106, very few of them have been about resumes. And I think I said this a couple of weeks ago when I did an episode about resumes. The reason that I don't do a lot about that, about them, is because A, there's so much information out there. There's, you know, tons of books and tons of YouTube videos and all of those kinds of things out there. But I also believe to the very core of me that what most of you listening to this need is a professional resume writer, a certified resume writer who knows how to craft what you've done in a way that speaks to employers, in a way that makes it through the applicant tracking system that sees your resume before the person sees the resume, and someone who knows how to package you in a way that really markets you for the position you want. And it's very difficult to do that about yourself. If you think about a company like Nike, Nike doesn't attempt to do their own marketing. Nike hires an external agency to market them. Nike knows what they bring to the table, and they have the expertise in making the athletic wear that they make but they are not experts in how to market that. That's a different that's a different set of skills. And so that's just what I want to offer up front here. Having said that, for many recent college graduates, you can do your own resume and you can do a better job than kind of the average bear. So here are some tips to help you have a resume that will stand out amongst the competition. Because I know, having run two career centers for 20 plus years, I know what recent college graduate resumes look like and I know how to make yours better because what they're offering is not really going to market you. So my first tip is I want you to tell them what you're applying for at the top of the resume. And I'm gonna give you some examples of this depending on your specific situation. So the most prominent thing on the top of your resume should be entry-level accountant, human resource specialist. Now, here's what most people make is the most prominent thing at the top of the resume is your name. Unless you are a brand name that people are going to be clamoring to hire, why would that be the most prominent thing on your resume? Sure, they need to be able to see it. They need to know what your name is so they know what to call you if they're going to pick up the phone and invite you in for an interview. But they are not going to be impressed by the fact that your name is Hannah Smith. They're going to be much more compelled by what kind of job you're looking for, what pile to put you in, if you will. Now, if you don't know what kind of job title you're looking for, you can't be as specific as entry-level accountant, human resources specialist. You could put something like communications graduate with excellent presentation skills. 
offering outstanding skills in research, data analysis, and report writing. So you're giving categories of specialization. You're not saying, again, getting back to the Nike example, you're not saying I'm a shoe, but you're saying you can put me on your feet, I will help you run better, and you'll look good doing it. See the difference there? Now, the one thing I want to kind of emphasize about the that second approach where you're using kind of characteristics is that you want to make sure the things you list are related to one another. So that second example, skills and research, data analysis, and report writing, those are all kind of in a cluster that would suit the same job. Don't go telling them that you have, you know, skills in research, you know, on-air presentations, and I don't know, gardening. You know, you want to make them all kind of in the same family so that they would fit with the same job. And then if you're applying for a different kind of job, then you need a different set of skills listed there. Now, what we're not talking about here is an objective. So if any of you still have an objective at the top of your resume, immediately stop this podcast, put me on pause, get your butt into your wherever you do your stuff and get that objective off your resume. Because here's the thing. Employers don't care what you want. An objective is focused on what you want. You're looking for an entry-level position in blah, 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 right? They don't care. What can you do for them? So you're offering outstanding skills in research, data analysis, and report writing. You have excellent presentation skills. You're a human resource specialist. You have entry-level accountant. And then we're not going to really talk about this in this particular episode, but I've done other episodes where I've talked about the brand piece at length. That's what comes next. So after you've said that you're an entry-level accountant, then you're going to back that up with a branding statement that truly differentiates you from the other entry-level accountants for which you will be with which you will be competing. So that's number one. Tell them what you're applying for at the top of your resume and make it prominent. Number two, your resume should focus on your accomplishments. I have probably looked at 10,000 resumes in my career. I have written well over 1,000. And the resumes that come to me, either from a new client or someone who just says, hey, take a look at my resume, what do you think? I know what that resume looks like before I ever see it. And one of the things that I know it's going to look like is it's going to be focused on job duties. There's nothing inherently wrong about having some job duties on your resume. It is when it is at the exclusion of your achievements. So most of you, if you're a recent college graduate, and certainly if you've been out for a while, you have done some things. You've had some accomplishments, and that's what separates you from the pack. Your job duties tell an employer what you did on a day-to-day basis. So from a marketing standpoint, you're telling the employer, here's what I was paid to do, and I did it. It does not market you well. But when you can say something that really impresses them about how well you perform the job, then you're going to get their attention. So I wanted to give you a couple of examples of bullet points from resumes that I've written for recent college graduates. Spearheaded online marketing efforts, including Facebook and Instagram, improving the designer's following by 100%. This was a fashion designer. So she was a marketing person. She she incorporated a whole bunch of social media kinds of things. She improved the designer's following by 100%. Second one, cultivated relationships with all real estate agencies in Midland and placed flyers in every realtor's mailbox to generate referral business. And that was a client who was, while was in school, I think actually in high school, because this was a young, uh, very young person, he had his own yard service. And so this was a way to quantify that. Another one, 
worked 20 to 25 hours per week during the school year, including most Friday and Saturday nights. So that was a student who we were really packaging bullets around the fact that she worked consistently throughout college. So we're, we're talking about her work ethic. We're also showing that she can handle work, school and work at the same time. She's got, she's reliable, dependable, all of those kinds of things really shine with that kind of, of a bullet. So number three, your resume should be specific. So when you think about those achievements that I just gave, there were metrics around them. So she uh, improved the designers following 100%. She cultivated relationships with all real estate agencies and put flyers in every realtor's mailbox. The third one worked 20 to 25 hours a week, including most Fridays and Saturday nights. So there's metrics around each of those to make the achievement more tangible, right? So here's an example, kind of a before and after. If your bullet says improved lead generation by designing and implementing a referral-based networking system, it could be improved lead generation by one more lead. You don't know because you haven't put any metrics with that. But if you say catapulted lead generation 40%, in just six months and sold 61 policies in the first 90 days of employment by designing and implementing a referral-based networking system. And that, again, is a, from an ex actual client of mine. So now we've got catapulted lead generation 40%, did it in six months, sold 61 policies in just the first 90 days of being employed. Very impactful. And to this point, these bullets on your resume should not be your job duties because if you start mixing job duties and achievements, the effect or the impact of the achievements gets watered down by the job duties. So what you want is a little paragraph, three lines at the most, that gives an overview of the job duties, the things you did on a day-to-day -day basis, and then you reserve those bullets for those high-impact achievements and you start each one of them with a strong action verb. So if I go back to the ones that I've given you examples of already, we've got spearheaded, cultivated, worked, improved, catapulted. So we've got some really strong impact uh, verbs to start each one of those with. So number three, your resume should be specific, which is to say, have those metrics around your achievements. Number four, I want you to keep your job target in mind as you write your resume. So we talked at the outset about having that entry-level accountant, human resources specialist, or the more generic communications graduate with excellent presentation skills, offering outstanding skills in research data analysis and report writing. You want to keep that in mind as you write your resume because everything on your resume should speak to the job target that you have. One of the things I often see with resumes that come to me from prospective clients is they've just kind of put a bunch of stuff on their resume and hope something sticks. They haven't culled that information down into just the stuff that supports their the job that they're going for. So if we go back to the previous uh, achievement that I talked about, catapulted lead generation, 40% in just six months and sold 61 policies in the first 90 days of employment by designing and implementing a referral-based networking system. So this individual th that I wrote this resume for was applying for a business development position. So business development, if you don't know what that is, is kind of the lead position in sales. So they're the ones out trying to win the business for the sales team. So what if he instead wanted to apply for a customer service position? So then we might change the bullet up, same information, same facts, but now it says contacted all clients, in parentheses 200 plus, each month 
to ensure that policies were current. As a result, received the highest customer service ratings of all representation of all representatives. So, what if the candidate was applying for an administrative position? Developed and implemented a referral-based networking system that was subsequently implemented system-wide, leading to a 40% increase in lead generation. So you just put a different spin on it. I always think of it as being kind of your, it's in the middle of the room, and you're photographing it from different angles, depending on what your goal is for that bullet. But again, number four is to keep your job target in mind. So you want to make sure that everything is on there is kind of supporting that. Now, here's a good example I had a client recently who is looking for a high-level administrative position, and she had at one point wanted to go to school to study something else. And we talked about the fact that it was off-brand for her. It didn't add anything, and it was kind of confusing. You don't want the employer to worry, especially when they look at your credentials. Like, what if you're not in real estate, but now you've got your real estate credentials are down there, and you've put your your real estate license number down there? That's going to have them thinking that either A... What you really want is to be a real estate agent, and as soon as your real estate agency agent business takes off, you're going to leave them, or B, that you're going to be dividing your time up between this job that you're applying for and being a real estate agent, or C, maybe you just don't really want that job at all because what you really want to do is be a real estate agent. So you really want to look at those things that are off-brand to see, are they actually adding anything? Because my, my guess is that they're probably detracting. Number five. You want to keep your resume clean. So I don't talk a lot about resume formatting on here. I have some very strong opinions based on experiences of my clients and trying to get resumes through systems, confusion of layouts that are, are very difficult to kind of navigate and kind of the eye doesn't know where to go. But I want to give you some facts that are kind of based in reality. So these I'm trying to keep my opinion out of this. So one thing I want you to think about is in terms of the font, People who are reading resumes might be my age, right? And I like a nice sized font. Now, I'm not saying it needs to be huge. I think that's, you know, a waste of space. But I do want you to make sure that the font is a decent size so that it doesn't strain someone's eyes or, or be a kind of off-putting for them to have to actually look at that resume. I also want you to use a, a standard font that is usable, readable by most Macs and PCs. So I'm going to give you what my favorites are. So what I don't recommend is some of the really crazy fonts. They may look really pretty, but if the person on the other end doesn't have that font, if it's not a common font and they can't download it, then it, it, you know, you're going to have problems. So there's actually a site that I use, and it tells me how uh, prevalent certain fonts are on both Macs and PCs. So these are the ones that I use for that reason. Arial, Verdana, Tahoma, Calibri, Lucida Sands, and Trebuchet. Those are the only fonts I mess with. And then I want you to keep your margin somewhere between 0.65 and 0.8. So you've got a decent amount of white space around the out, but not, not a ton of white space. I'm personally not, now here's where I am going to talk a little bit about my preference. I'm not a fan of two column resumes because the app applicant tracking system, the ATS, cannot read that. It cannot read the two column. So what I want to say about the stylistic elements is this. Does the design that you're thinking of, so if you found a, something on, you know, I don't know, Word, or I don't know, you found a font, you found a template somewhere, and you're considering using it for your resume, does it add to or detract from your branding message? Here's a perfect example. I was looking at resume templates recently in because I'm updating my own resume templates that I use for my clients. And I noticed that on a lot of the sites I went to, they all had a place for a picture. 
pictures are against the law for employers to ask for them. They cannot make, because it introduces the possibility of discrimination based on gender, age, uh, ethnicity, any number of things. Why would you introduce a picture that is actually illegal for an employer to ask for on your resume? So on the one hand, the employer might think, oh, look, very stylish. Oh, look. On the other hand, they may think, this is weird. Why are they putting their picture on there? Pictures are not standard fare on resumes anymore. That went out the, way, out the window at about the 80s. So you really run a risk. And so what I've advised my clients when they've reached out to me and said, what do you think about my picture being on my resume? I advise against it. I don't think it is a risk worth taking. So again, my question is, when you're thinking about stylistic elements for your resume, does it add to or detract from your branding message? So might, instead of your picture, if you want to have a little element there and you're in marketing, what could you do? Do you have a, a graphic element of your initials? Do you have something else that you can put in there to satisfy that kind of need that you might have without your actual physical picture? And then the other thing to think about is, and, and I ran into this, I worked with a, a I subcontracted for a company uh, for a few years and they had a font, or I'm sorry, they had a template that they wanted me to use for all resumes. So no matter what the client's line of work was, what level they were in, I had to use the same resume template. It was boring for me as a, as a resume writer. But more importantly, it was a very large file. So they had created this very graphically appealing document. So on, on first glance, it looked very cool. I had a lot of clients who gave me feedback that they could not send it via email. It was too big of a file and they had trouble transmitting it and things like that. Now, I always want you to create a PDF of that, but that's still going to be a really big file. So think about that. Look and see, are you putting elements in there that are making this a really large file? And you really are going to need an applicant tracking system compatible version of your resume because again, if you've got two columns going on and you've got graphic elements and you've got who knows what else on there, the ATS isn't going to be able to read any of that and is, you're going to essentially be, just think of all those things as, as lowering your score with the ATS. So anything that you're putting in there that you think might look really cool to the human may at the same time actually be lowering the chance that a human will see it because it is confounding the ATS and causing you to get a lower score. And the last thing I want to say about your resume is heaviest goes first. So many entry-level candidates automatically put their education first on their resume and then their work experience. And this may be the appropriate move for you. What I want you to do is mentally put your experience on one side of a scale and your education on the other side of the scale. And I want you to mentally weigh the two and which one is heavier. So let's say you have, let's say you want to be an entry-level biologist and you have a bachelor's degree in biology. So that's going on one side of the scale. And you've done, you've worked part-time in the biology department of your university while you were in school and you did an internship that was biology related. And maybe you did some papers because that would be, probably we can fit that into work experience if you're a recent college graduate. I would argue that that experience section is weightier for you 
than your education section is. It's, it's more impressive. An employer is going to expect you to have an, a, a bachelor's degree. You don't have a master's degree. So that's not something that you're marketing. You're marketing that I have the basic requirement for this job in terms of education. But look at the experiences. Look at this internship. Look at this paper that I wrote, this research that I engaged in, whatever it is. So unless you have, let's say you have a really specific degree Let's say you have a very technical degree. Let's say you have a degree in computer science. They're looking for a computer scientist. You've never worked in computer science. So all you have is your education in computer science. You've worked some jobs not related at all. You really didn't do any kind of technical IT kind of work in those jobs, then I would say put your education first. And that's going to work with any sections of your resume. So if you want to include a section on volunteer experience, it may be that your volunteer experience goes up to the top of your resume. Again, we can massage that. If you work with me, we might think about, is that, do we just want to say related experience instead of work experience? And then we marry in the volunteer with the paid, because trust me, from an employer's perspective, they care that you have the experience. They don't care how it was gained. So again, think about the different sections of your resume, kind of weigh them out mentally, which one is weightier, that's the one that goes first, okay, what are the next two sections, which one should go first, and just kind of work your way down so that your resume should look like an inverted pyramid with the most important, most impactful stuff going up towards the top and then working its way down. In review, here are my six tips for entry-level grads in the job market with your resume, but really also everybody. Number one, tell them what you're applying for at the top of your resume. Make it very clear either in terms of a specific job title or the skill sets that you're offering an employer. Number two, focus your resume on your achievements. There is a place for job duties in a small paragraph, but the bullets should be reserved for high-impact achievements. Number three, those achievements should be specific. So what makes them high impact is that there are metrics around them. Numbers uh, can be dollars, can be percentages, could be people, can be a lot of different kinds of metrics that have metrics. Number four, keep your job target in mind as you write your resume. So everything that's on there should be targeted towards that goal that you've put at the top of your resume. And anything that doesn't support that, look at it with a critical eye as to whether it should stay. Number five, keep your resume clean in terms of the font, the layout, the size of the font, the design elements. Make sure that it is a clean and easily readable document that will also make it through the applicant tracking system. I write, as I said before, I do two versions of the resume for my clients because I want to give them a pretty graphical resume, pretty comma graphical resume, but I also want them to have a resume that will score them high enough so that the human will see their pretty, comma, graphical resume. And then number six, heaviest goes first. So in terms of how to organize the sections of your resume, the most important stuff goes up at the top. I hope this has helped you. As always, I want to be your career coach. So uh, shoot me an email, Lisa, L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com. Find me on LinkedIn at Lisa Edwards. Find me on Instagram at lisa.edwards. Find me on, what have I left out? Facebook at Exclusive Career Coaching. And if you're ready to take this next step, then let's schedule a 45-minute consult where I will listen to your situation 
analyze kind of what you need next, what your next steps need to be, and then tell you how we can work together one-on-one -on -one if I think that I can help you. So if you want to do that, just check out the show notes for the URL for my calendar link, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.